0: Welcome to the Soul Journeys Podcast. My name is Jennifer Longmore and I am founder of the number one Akashic Record training school in the world. As a seasoned lightworker and ascension worker, I want to bring you the show to provide you with the divine guidance and tools that you need as a lightworker and change agent to navigate this great awakening. So if that is something that you're craving, then you have come to the right place. Think of this high vibe podcast as your guide to the changes that we're seeing in the world so that you can be supported in navigating the new paradigm. Leave it to me to provide you with the divine tools, resources, and experts that will support you in navigating this once in a lifetime epic event.
1: Thank you for pressing play. Let's dive in. Welcome back everyone to the soul journeys, great awakening podcast. I am your host Jennifer Longmore and today we have With us, Nicolette Moore. Now, Nicolette is a wife, a mother, and author of the Q Journal. She has a passion for helping ambitious women clarify the fog that they have surrounding their business. The Q Journal is designed to get out of your head and into your heart with a clear, actionable plan. The Q Salon, a perfect complement to the Q Journal, supports you as you take action each day. So outside of running her own business, she loves spending time with her family, walking her dog, and drinking beer. Mm -hmm. And... Nicolette just shared with me because she was in the U.S. military for some time. She is going to share a little bit of insight and for her to speak out when, as you well know, people take allegiance to their governments when they serve in the military, for her to even speak out about what's happening on the world stage, let us, let alone letting us know some of the cockapoo that happened uh, in secrecy is a big big deal and then we're going to of course go into some more stuff on the world stage and uh see where this takes us so nicolette welcome hey hey
2: thank you jennifer thank you for having me i'm super excited so excited
1: ready to we uh we were kind of (laughs) we hit it off right away when we met each other we had a great time chatting at your event but even before that and um I don't know. It's, it's just so nice, right. To speak to people where right away you're like, oh, they get it. Oh, I can just be me. I can just speak freely. I don't have to feel into whether someone is buying into the narrative and all the various things. So uh, let's, let's dive in. Let's share, well, let's share a little bit of your background and how you even got here to start a business, helping people figure out what they want to do with their life and build a business around that. Yeah. Thanks.
2: Um, quite quite a crazy past. And so I'll, I'll summarize it as succinctly as I can. Um, but yes, I was in the military. I was in the U.S. Army. Uh, went in after doing missionary service actually overseas and um, came home, had no purpose in my life. And literally a girlfriend of mine wanted to join the military. And so she asked me if I would join with her. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Having no real real understanding of what I was getting myself into. And um, so served my time. I met my husband in the service, fell in love um, and ended up leaving the military to be a mommy. Uh, got into real estate investing with my husband and um, continued, had many babies. Uh, We're at five boys right now. We've had um, two miscarriages and in 2017, lost a daughter. Um, Hmm. Through that process, I had been introduced to the online marketing world and really fell in love with this idea of like, whoa, I can make money from home. (laughs) I can make money and maybe more money than my husband makes. So that idea really got me excited. And I got into the whole online scene, um, trying to figure out about branding and messaging and and all the things that you have to learn whenever you first start a business. Um, But then after losing my daughter in 2017, pretty much shut down, went dark, um, lost all ambition I became quite depressed, suicidal. Uh, by the end of the year, I lost her in March. We're actually coming right up on her five-year, um, the f- five-year anniversary since her passing. And um, I-, I just lost myself. Um, and so by the end of the year, I was pretty much ready to call it quits. Um, and what that meant was I was ready to turn out my lights. I wanted to die. Um, I was actively looking for ways to kill myself. Um, and came across this woman on YouTube one day, um, I was just in desperation, turned to YouTube, don't even know what I was looking for, but this woman comes up, um, who she's a motivational speaker and she, um, her message was essentially a wake up call for me. Her message was, you know, you get to, you get to choose what your life looks like and you, um, you we are either victims or we're conquerors, you know, uh, there's really no in between. And however she worded it, it was articulated perfect for me in the moment. And it woke me up. It was the catalyst that really dropped the scales from my eyes and made me realize that I was, yes, I was grieving for my daughter, but I was also lost in self-pity and victimhood. And I hated my husband because he wasn't grieving her death. And I didn't know how to be a mother to my, my children that were in the house. And um, I was just a mess, you know? And um, of course I wanted to turn out my lights because I had nothing to live for. I, I chose not to have anything to live for. And so coming across this woman's one video on YouTube radically shifted everything for me. Um, and in doing so, I went through a process of healing, healing my marriage, healing my relationship with myself, healing my relationship with my children and ultimately became quite obsessed, revisiting the idea of being an entrepreneur. And this time my shift was not so much about, ooh, making money from home, but my life was transformed because of somebody on YouTube. And that made such an impact on me that I determined that all I wanted to do was go out there and encourage and inspire women, women specifically, because I know so many women just hold themselves back and they've got such light to shine. So I'm, I'm just driven to, to inspire women to keep going. Um, I believe that um, entrepreneurship is the answer to the world's problems. And I believe that if you're listening to this podcast, then you are called for a great purpose and to listen and honor that call and trust the call. And so that's my life's drive is to stand for the women that, um, that choose to answer the call on their life and, uh, be a light in their path and help them get clarity, get direction and take action. So that's
1: a a quick summary. (laughs) Wow. That, that is wild. I mean, I knew a little bit about that, but, um, Thank you for sharing that because uh, I can't imagine at all what that would be like. And I also know in sharing our stories that it is offering light to someone else that's listening right now that may be suffering in silence or may feel like nobody else gets uh, what they're going through. So if that's you, I hope this is serving and definitely encourage you to reach out to Nicolette and, um, you know, just connect and see See where things go and how how you may be able to you know link arms together so the military well, that's interesting to me the reason why it's interesting to me is because i've had family members serve in the military i have great respect for people that serve in the military uh, i'm sure it's not lost on you that you were being asked to fight for and stand for things that uh, were psyops and funded by the same sides and all the various divide and conquer agendas we see out there. What's even more interesting to me about the military is that over the years, I've done an abundance of energy work on people that have had military implants Through all from all over the world, especially the U.S., uh, because as you know, you get free medical and dental when you are Uh, in the military as to, your, you know, maybe not you, but for other people's family, they get that as well. Plus, there's just energetic codes, I think, that kind of transmit, right, control control codes and so on that sort of bleed into people's energy field. But I've seen how much those military implants uh, tamper with people's memory, tamper with their language of light, and various things like that. So, what kind of things were, you know, you said you were exposed to some pretty interesting things. So what do you feel comfortable sharing with us about your experiences in the military?
2: Oh God, I've got a laundry list. Um, there are so many, there's so many things that, um, that shocked me being in the military. And I knew, I knew going in that I had no idea what I was getting myself into really, you know, I was such an, I was in my early twenties, what 20 turning 22, I was about t- 22. Yeah. When I joined. Um, so I was very green, very, very ignorant. And I recall, uh, the, the first warning sign really what for me was I had signed up with the army and I went to be shipped off and you essentially get dropped off at these shipping locations. Um, so everybody who's joining comes to one centralized location and then they bus you off to a, you know, to your plane. And then you, you go on your way. It's very, it's very controlled. It's not, you're not, you're not taking a, a, a vacation. You're not taking a field trip. Like it is, it is very mm-hmm. controlled And, regimented. um, but whenever I went to ship off, I, I it's you, you talk about making allegiance and you talk about, um, you know, contracts. Well, I had thought about joining the Air Force a few years prior. And so I went in kind of haphazardly, not really realizing how important it was what I was doing. Um, I signed up to go to join the Air Force, and I never shipped out. Well, nobody followed up with me. Nobody ever came to my door. I never got a phone call, never got a letter in the mail. Um, So as a young, ignorant, green person, I just didn't, I didn't think it was a big deal. Right. So my very first experience going mm. out to the army was I literally was locked in a hotel room. Um, they didn't lock me in, but they they had me in a hotel where I could not leave, and I was not free to even join the army. I was like in this semi-imprisoned state, away from my family, away from transportation, had nothing nothing to do. <laughs> But sit in this hotel room because there was an investigation that they put me under immediately because I had signed papers to join the Air Force. Mm -hmm. And I was essentially being, um, I I was held to the gun, so to speak, because I had signed this paperwork, didn't, didn't go. Um, It was a big, it was a big issue, a big ordeal. My parents had to write letters and submit. It was the weirdest thing. And that should have been a big red flag for me. Like, what did I sign up for? And I did, I was wondering like, what is the big deal about this? You know, but I was young, I was ignorant. I was green. So Mm
1: -hmm.
2: that got, that got squared away. And that was the most harmless, I'd say of the experiences that I get to share today. Um, But I, I remember uh, going off to boot camp, the very first thing getting off the bus, you know, this drill sergeant is like, we do not walk here, we run. And so everywhere we had to run, 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 run. And um, a, a part of me was just terrified by the environment, you know, it was very just cutthroat and, um and just scary, you know, the people barking at you everywhere and just the environment is, you know, they're trying to simulate a stressful environment to prepare you for war. I get that. The one thing, the, the one day that I knew, I knew in my heart of hearts, I was like, why did I sign up for this? Why did I join this? How, how did this get to be my life? <laughs> um, I had, they gave me full battle rattle, which is, you know, the headgear, the, the chest plates, the knee pads, the elbow guards, handed me a rifle with the bayonet on the end, and they literally had us in our um, platoons all in sync. We had to chant, okay, <laughs> like talk about energetic. Oh, it's It's almost, it's horrifying for me to think about or even admit that I did this, but we had to chant the grass, the grass, the grass is what the No, I'm sorry. The blood, the blood, the blood is what makes the grass grow green. I'll never forget that. Mm. The blood, the blood, the blood is what makes the grass grow green. And we had to do that while we were shoving our bayonets as if we were attacking somebody, you know, like shoving a bayonet into somebody's body. And I was like, here I am this, I had just finished, you know, six months of missionary service going off, I went off to New Zealand to go serve the Lord. (laughs) I thought I could, you know, one, one, one motivator for joining the army was like, oh, I could bring the light of Jesus into the army. (laughs) And here Mm -hmm. I am chanting the blood, the blood, the blood can make, you know, makes the grass grow green. And I just knew like, this is not for me. This is not my place. This is creepy. I don't feel good about this. Um, it felt a very cultish and, um, it was, it was Mm. really a key indicator. Like, this is not where I'm meant to be. Um, another thing that, you know, you talk about implants and it totally freaks me out, totally freaks me out to hear you say that because I know in the military, we, we were like subjects, we were like subjects going into korea uh, i went to korea for my first duty station and not only do i recall um I, i can't remember if it was the beginning of boot camp or the end it's all kind of a blur at this point but at one point we had to line up in a row you know imagine hundreds of new soldiers hundreds hundreds of new initiates so to speak lined up in rows and going into a massive room that have Tables all over the place, sprawled out all over the place. And you just go table to table in a row, just walking behind the person in front of you. And as you walk along, all the tables have medics with different vaccines. And so literally we went table by table and they just shot our arms up with, I don't even know how many shots in a given, like in that instance. Um, At the time, I didn't know anything about vaccines. At the time I had no idea. I had no real, you know, I thought they were okay. But now thinking back, everything I've learned about vaccines, everything I've learned about what they put in them, um, it really freaks me out to think about what I was being injected with that day. Um, And then following by Mm. in Korea, being injected with the anthrax vaccine three times. So I definitely feel Mm. you and resonate with you when you talk about being injected with things and like what I'm carrying in my body, I don't know. And I definitely, I definitely feel concerned for it. So that's just a Mm -hmm. few. I mean, I could, I could literally go on. (laughs) I could, I could literally Mm -hmm. go on.
1: That's gotta be surreal for anyone, but especially when you're that age. And I mean, we all remember that age, right? Where you're still just trying to figure out who the world is you're still not entirely out of your parents' home even if you are from in your headspace I mean right of like still sort of waiting for people to guide you and um and just going into such a sterile environment and by that I mean like emotionally sterile environment and just being whipped into shape right away right with no preparation yeah and that's the next age right
2: if you think mm -hmm. about it that's they want they want young kids at that age to go in. They're still susceptible to influence. They're still vulnerable, malleable, yeah.
1: Yeah, and you don't know if you're allowed to question authority. Yeah. It's, it's a perfect storm, right? And yeah, like we don't even know what's in those vaccines.
2: Yeah, we don't, we don't.
1: Have you had any health issues that you're aware of that you think you can attribute to any of that stuff?
2: I have. Um, I know that I've got thyroid stuff. I've got, I've got Hashimoto's and mm-hmm. autoimmune condition. Um, for many mm-hmm. years, I suffered from severe mental brain fog. Severe. I mean, it was like, have you ever experienced brain fog? yourself? Yes. Okay. So you know that heavy yeah, feeling absolutely. in your head where it, it feels like you're carrying around a mm-hmm. bowling ball?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. That is, that is what I lived with for many, many years. Um, and I never, I, I thought there was just something wrong with me. Like, I just thought that I, like, I didn't know what to think, to be quite honest. I, I thought this is, it just happens to me um I'd go to doctors, doctors would always tell me I had a full bill of health, that there was nothing wrong with me, and I was like, no, there's definitely something very wrong with me. Um, I eventually got mm-hmm. my amalgams out of my teeth. And I had amalgams uh, some cavity mm-hmm. yeah, the, the amalgams for your cavities. Um, I got that removed and that helped tremendously. But what's interesting is I did not have the mental, the brain fog until, Um, I started having babies Um, before that. I don't recall it being a situation and growing up, it was never a situation for me. Um, So I do wonder about the overload on my system going into the military and everything that affected me physically during my, my time there.
1: Mm -hmm. And
2: possibly, you know, the, I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking it through right now. Maybe the amalgams something about, because the mercury releases in your mouth, um, every time you talk, every time you eat, you know there's some mm-hmm. mercury vapors going off. So I wonder if there's something with that combined with the uh, with the ingredients and in the vaccines that I was inundated with, that you know just was like a load on my system I I could no longer bear. I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it mm-hmm. honestly at this moment. mm
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, and it probably will come up for you. So, and for you, and I haven't, you didn't know I was going to say this, but for you and anyone else listening, if you have had military interference, I any mean, medical or dental from the military specifically, like during your actual time there, even at the time that you're sort of being assessed to see if you're even eligible, depending on what, um, you know, what branch of the military you go into, I'm happy to uh, tune into your energy. I won't do this right now, Nicolette, cause you're not prepared for it. And it's also a private thing, but happy to do it privately with anyone listening uh, to see what's going on, because this is just something I'm really passionate about. I see the effects of what happens to people and how it, it can kind of, you know, everyone's got different experiences, right? It depends on your level of clearance and really what their goal was and all that kind of stuff. But it, it must be very surreal to potentially know a little bit at the time, but definitely upon reflection, see just how much of an experiment you were to them and how, how much of a commodity you were to them.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, it, is, a, it, is, um, it is a challenging environment and you, you definitely get the, I mean, mission first, you know, mission first, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: So when was it that you became aware of, hey, this world isn't the world that I was told it was on TV? <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, I, honest to God, um, it happened through a Bible study. Um, mm-hmm. After my husband and I had our first child, I was still I was still active duty, and we had a neighbor who was. Um, who was going to a Seventh-day Adventist church. And at the time I had no idea what Seventh-day Adventist was. Um, I only knew, you know, I grew up Catholic. I left the Catholic faith on my own when I was 17. Um, told my mom, you know, it just never settled with me. And I didn't, I never felt aligned with the the mass, the ceremonies. Um, I always felt like it was a very heartless experience going to church. And so from, Mm. from, I didn't feel like it was something that I was aligned with me and my values or, or what I saw as a true connection to, to source, to God. And, um, that was probably the catalyst to, to changing everything for me, but it took many years to really, to get to this Bible study, so to speak. Right. Um, And after leaving the Catholic faith, I, you know, I played around with non-denominational Christianity and explored the different sects um, and ultimately was very disheartened by the fact that there's so many different quote-unquote Christian Christian groups, right? Um, The Methodists, the the Baptists, the the Latter-day Saints or whatever, you know, like whoever calls themselves Christian, there's so many different sects and so many different ways to interpret the Bible. Um, I felt very unaligned with all of that. I felt that was disingenuous because to me, if truth is truth, there can only be one truth. Um, And I hear you say, you know, two truths and a lie quite a bit. Um, And that's what Mm -hmm. the different sects of Christianity make me feel like two truths and a lie, two truths and a lie over and over and over again. Um, and so I became Mm -hmm. really distanced from any kind of organized religion. And, um, by the time I had my first son, I was far along into my military service. I was, um, looking at essentially getting out of it, but I just wasn't sure, you know, at the time, um, Indoctrination mm-hmm. and that government assistance is a strong force, right? <laughs> to uh, it's a, song, mm-hmm. a strong tit to suck off of, so to speak. Um, and anyway, so this neighbor starts coming over to do a Bible study with us once a week, and I was into it because I missed fellowship. I missed, I missed the Bible study. I missed that that um, gathering but I just didn't want to go to a, an organized church. And so here this guy is, he comes and he starts telling us, you know, leading us through this year-long study where by the end of it, he reveals that um, in the Bible, the fourth commandment is to remember the Sabbath. And the Sabbath being the seventh day of the week is Saturday. And my entire life, mm. the holy day, was Sunday. And honestly, this blew my mind. It turned my world upside down. Everything about um, about Sabbath really just radically transformed the way I saw everything. It radically transformed the way I saw everything. Um, I realized that just getting the news that the Sabbath was actually supposed to be Saturdays, right? It's like, if you follow the calendar, the seventh day, Saturday. So what is the deal with the first day of the week being considered a Sabbath? That just got me into a whole mm-hmm. rabbit hole studying the Catholic church, studying, <laughs> um, <laughs> studying the history of the church, studying the history of Christianity, um, coming to understand why our calendar is the way it is. Um, And it, it just, it spiraled into so many different areas. And then, um, backing up a bit, just a touch. When I was pregnant with my first son, um, I was presented with the idea, you know, like my husband did not want me to vaccinate him. And I was like, Mm. what, what do you mean? Like, I just went through the military and they shot my arm up. Like there was no tomorrow. I was a medic and I was giving vaccines, um, I never heard that there was a problem with vaccines. I had vaccines when I was a baby, you know, so um, that also spent me or sent me down a rabbit hole in and of itself because I wanted to honor my husband, but I also was like, well, we're supposed to vaccinate our kids. So I don't know what kind of crack you're smoking, but um, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not going to settle for this until I, I see why you're saying that. Um, he had a vaccine injury, which was his motivator. He was mm-hmm. like, if I, if my mm-hmm. DNA, you know, his thought was, if my DNA is susceptible to a vaccine injury, I would never want to put my children in harm's way. Um, so between the study and research of what the history is of vaccines and what is currently in vaccines and just, just the realization that the truth is it's there in plain sight for anybody to find. Like it doesn't take but five minutes to go to the Mm -hmm. CDC website and do a very quick search. And you can find out about all the ingredients in these vaccines. Um, Human diploid cells being, you know, the stem cells um, of of Mm aborted fetals, uh, fetuses, Um, chickens, you know, like monkey cells, like why, why? And so, That coupled with that Bible study and the awakening to the Sabbath was absolutely a two-year period for me that was, it just changed everything. It shifted the way I saw the world completely.
1: Mm. Yeah, and there's no going back after that. It's like you can't unknow what you know. You can't unhear it even if you want to, right? So then it's like, well, what do I do with this information?
2: Yeah. 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 And, you know, there's a scripture in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 16, 19, um, uh, says that essentially I'm not going to be able to say it word for word, but he essentially says, um, we've, our forefathers have been handed down lies, right? Our forefathers have been handed down lies. So if our forefathers have inherited lies, what have we inherited?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that really opened the door to to the concept of question everything. Mm -hmm. Once you start to question everything and you're truly open to exploring answers that may be very uncomfortable to explore, yeah, everything changes. There's no going back.
1: Well, and I know that you've actually found a way to take you know, your sacred rage, I'll call it right, that this thing that we all have, where we have something that just inspires us so much to go out and help other people, aside from obviously all of the various experiences you had with, um, with the death of your daughter and miscarriages and, you know, various things like that. And I know you bring that into your work. But I also know you bring this awakened perspective to try and help people live in a world that isn't how it seems. So how, how is your business serving people right now? Like, what are you offering? How are you helping people? What's the, what's the thing that you love to sink your teeth into to help people out create the matrix?
2: Yeah, um, vision, 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 vision.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, what I see, what I notice in the women that I work with is there is a sense of overwhelm, a sense of anxiety, a sense of there's not enough time um, a sense of I really want to make something of my life. I really want to pursue something. I really want to pursue um, independence, freedom. That's really what they want. And yet, they they live in confusion. And they live in confusion because they have not allowed themselves permission to dream and to believe that whatever comes up in their dreams is a, a potential reality. Uh, let alone take any steps mm. to actually call that reality in, or that dream into reality. And so my, my work, um, the Q Journal, the Q Journal was birthed out of um, desiring to set the stage for women to, to dream big and author their legacy, author their reality, uh, literally right into creation every day what they get to create they get to be a choice. Mm. And so it's a very um it's a, a passion project, the the journal. Um there simply to be something that is a profound gift to uh, to their library, a literal book that they get to write for themselves, uh, creating their, their life. Um and and vision it's all about vision. It's all about seeing something that doesn't exist now. And when we look at the world's problems, when we look at all of the negativity, all of the darkness that's out there, the answer really is creating light, creating light resources that will shift the darkness. And, and I believe that, that my women, they're the answer. You're the answer. You know, your light, Mm -hmm. your work, the, the, the calling forth of, of meaning and purpose to help Humanity um, be empowered on the, in their own right, in their own power. That would sh- that will shift tides, and it is shifting tides. It's just the seduction of the world, the seduction of, um, as the Bible says, you know, the powers and principalities of the air. They mm-hmm. they intoxicate our our population, and so there's a, a push and pull, so to speak. Um, the pull to the calling, but the pushback from the the toxicity of the cultural memes, the societal memes, all of the the indoctrination that we have that um, it's too hard, that it's only meant for some, that there's not enough time to create. Uh, you know, there there's a lot of sick, twisted, upside down beliefs that hold so many people back. And my my mission, my aim, my goal is to be a voice of reason in the chaos and the crazy and to create a space of possibility Mm. that women don't give themselves permission to find on their own. And so I do that through the journal, but I also do that through my Q Salon. Uh, So my membership where um, the women can come and create their vision, we return to it often. We return to the vision often um, and set goals and have a purpose for them. Right. Constantly remind ourselves of why we're doing what we're doing and um, utilizing leadership skills, leadership principles, uh, mindset shifts that really push these women into um, understanding their power, embracing it and choosing to be the the change maker instead of wanting to be just learning to be.
1: Mm. I love that. I do too. See, that's powerful, right? When we, well, I mean, the fact that you know what you're standing for and not just know it, but you're embodied in it. I feel like that's what people are looking for, right? It's one thing for us to show that we know some stuff or that we can help some people, but it's another thing to be really embodied in our mission. And that was the first thing that struck me, even when you and I first connected, like, oh, Nicolette's living, living this. She is in it. She is passionate about this. I think that's what people are looking for now. They just don't, they don't want fluff. They don't want people that outwardly say, I want to help people, but aren't really, you know, embodied in it and living it as a mission.
2: yeah. Yeah. And what I see, I mean, I love entrepreneurs. I love, I love the online marketplace. I'm going to be honest. I am head over heels for it because of the possibility that it holds for us. Um, at the same time, Mm -hmm. I do, I do take issue with many, many voices that are out there. They're simply they're parroting, um, they're parroting what they hear,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. um, but there's a lot of fear mongering. There's a lot of shaming. There's a lot of um, guilt talk, uh, especially for people who are driven. They wanna create something on their own. But there's this, there's this very weird paradox where um, let's take a course creator, for example. I'm a course creator. I'm selling, I'm selling a program on how you can become a course creator. Um, but then I'm going to tear down other people who want to be course creators because they're not having the success that I am. And it's like, well, how do I feel set up to have success with you? If you're going to tear down people who aren't having success, like you're having success, you know, like it's this very weird paradigm. Um, and, and I don't Mm -hmm. even know if these people realize how off-putting they are when they speak, essentially gossiping or being nasty about each other. Um, or, or even having this like shaming where, you know, I've heard so many times, if you've tried to be in business for, you know, so many to- so many years, or you've tried, you've made so many attempts, well, maybe it's just not for you. And it's like, fuck you. Can I curse?
1: <laughs> of course.
2: Yeah, I, it, it is absolutely like, fuck you. Um, who the hell are you to tell me how long I get to walk my journey, or what my journey gets to look like? And it's such mm-hmm. self defeating language. Um, and so, anyway, that's my that's my uh, that's my perspective. You know, and I just believe that we don't get to we don't get to call somebody else's journey. We don't get to know what somebody else's mm-hmm. journey is. Um, there's there's just too many stories in, in that you can read, hear, watch of people who have absolutely felt called to act or to, um, you know, do X, Y, and Z, you know, fill in the blank and years pass, you know, author a book, whatever. Um, and finally they, they have their chance. They have their chance to make the impact. Um, who are we to judge that? And so I'm a champion Mm -hmm. for, I'm a champion for anyone out there, any woman out there that is striving to manifest her dream Um, I'm a believer that it's meant for her to manifest and I will stand with her ride or die. I will stand with her through it, through it all Um, because it Mm -hmm. means it has a purpose.
1: I I will say for all of you listening, Nicolette definitely has a ride or die vibe. (laughs) So (laughs) if she says she's ride or die with you, (laughs) I believe her for sure. So thank you for for sharing that and um you know as you're talking i'm realizing yeah it's it's probably just well i mean I, i'm pretty confident that it's a product of the of a colonized system right this whole yeah. divide and conquer this you suck like the competition energy the need to shame blame judge all the things are just products of eons and eons of this system that we're in and um and so I have to wonder, as we elevate consciousness, if it doesn't just kind of take care of the, some of that stuff, so that the online space becomes a little less of that, and or those of us that are awake just become more and more allergic to that, such that we just we just create a new way.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, create. A I mean, new- we're definitely not buying from people that are doing that. No, and 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 we get to show
2: that. We get to show that light wins and love wins,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it absolutely does.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe that, and I know you feel this way, right? Like we wouldn't be where we are right now if we hadn't done enough light work, if we <laughs> hadn't been spreading enough truth and all the things, right? So. For those of you listening that may, well, I'm going to ask you to share this, actually. For people that are listening that are feeling maybe fatigued or feeling some despair or feeling like, ugh, I know we keep saying the light wins, but it's hard to believe that right now. What would you say to people that are maybe in that space right now? If you're feeling like it's hard to
2: believe the light wins, then I'd invite you to really reflect within, really reflect within, because at the end of the day, um, we get to create the light and we get to create what our reality looks like. And yes, there are some big players on the world stage. There are things that are going on that are outside of our control, but it always goes back to this. When we when we try to fight against forces that we can't control, um, That is where exhaustion comes in. That is where defeat comes in. But what we can control is our perception. What we can control is how we show up. What we can control is the impact and influence that we get to make. And when we walk around mopey or feeling defeated or feeling depressed because of things outside of our control, what good are we doing? How are we making a radical change in this world's energy, in the vibration and the frequency around us? If anything, we're just sucking, being sucked into the, the goop of the negativity. And so to correct that is to get aligned with yourself and to tap into whatever faith you have to whatever belief you have of something bigger than the circumstance that we are witnessing and realize you know I'm a, I'm a believer in god i do believe that god is in control i do believe that what is happening um is for his glory and so whenever when we can look at outside of outside of the picture you know metacognition on the the most meta scale like when we can just look float above the earth and just look down and see that this is a part of a big game that's being played out. There is ultimately God is in control and you are in control of you. You are in control of your God spark. You're in control of, um, of what words you choose to run your life by. And you can reflect and you can shift at any moment and see life in a much more glorious, beautiful, positive way and make ripples in the world Mm. all around you by your own words, by your own actions, by your own choices. I have this uh, really beautiful quote sitting in front of me by Carl Jung. I don't know if you're, um, I don't know if he's a a bad guy or a good guy. I don't know much about him. Are you, are you okay if I
1: share this quote? Because I do. I haven't looked into it, but now I'm gonna go. No, of course. That's the thing, right? Even if he is, like, sometimes these folks say some really good things. So yeah, I mean, it
2: does go back to the two truths and a lie. I mean, I question everything, but I, I do love this quote quite a bit. And um, he says, "Your vision will become clear only when you can look into your own heart. Whoever looks outside dreams." And we started talking about dreams earlier before that we hit record whoever looks inside awakes and this is so true it's so true when we can when we can look within ourselves and find the inner strength that we are innately born with and when we can we we can question reality but we can still find the beauty of the world around us we can still find beauty within our role in this story and we can go out and make it a beautiful impact right where we
1: are that's what I'd have to say. Mm. I love it. So before we wrap up for today, because you and I could talk forever and yeah. I'd love to have you back on the show, right? Who know? I mean, there'll be enough happening on the world stage that we can offer commentary on. But uh, in the meantime, how can, we're going to put this in the show notes, everyone, but how can people get in touch with you?
2: Honestly, the best way right now um, would be through Facebook go on to Facebook. Um, I've got a mm-hmm. Facebook group, really ambitious moms. Um, I also just friends with Facebook, um, facebook.com slash friends with Facebook or friends with Nicolette. I'm sorry. Um, you can find me there. I hate Facebook. Okay. I'm just going to be completely honest. Do not like it, but that's just where I'm at. Um, and mm-hmm. so absolutely connect with me there. I would love to meet with you. I'd love to connect with you. Um, and you can also visit me at legacycalling.com.
1: Mm, Legacycalling.com. Love it. Well, Nicolette, I so appreciate you sharing your story and sharing your heart and the, the light and the stand that you be in the world, particularly during this time. And for those of you listening, I really hope that you reach out to Nicolette, that you share this with anyone that you think would benefit because we really need to be spreading more light exponentially and more truth. And uh, thank you for being here and we will look forward to seeing you next time. So have a great day,
0: everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you learned today, I would love for you to share with your friends by leaving a review so that more people can learn of the show and be impacted by the information we're sharing here. If you aren't already following me on social media, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Jennifer Longmore. And I'd also love for you to visit my website, www.souljourneys.ca, and claim your free soul acceleration system while you're there. You'll become a VIP recipient of my ever-popular daily messages from the Akasha delivered to your inbox each day. With love and namaste.